Well, we're glad to have Pastor Clayton back to our pulpit tonight. We're going to invite you to take your Bibles and have them ready as he preaches to us from the Word of God tonight. Matthew chapter. Take your Bibles. Oh, excuse me. It's, come on. Okay, wait. Let me get fixed up here. Okay, pastor's got to dress me. Okay, here we go. Check one, two. Matthew 14. Matthew 14. Can you hear me all right? Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. I, I, uh, I read this the other day. And I thought I'd share it with you. Has nothing at all to do with the sermon, but I thought it was funny, okay? At Sunday school, they were teaching how God created everything, including human beings. Little Johnny, a child in the kindergarten class, seemed especially intent when they told him how Eve was created out of one of Adam's ribs. Later in the week, his mother noticed him laying on his bed as though he were ill, and said, Johnny, what's the matter? Little Johnny responded, I have a pain in my side. I think I'm going to have a wife. <laughs> I love that. I laughed and laughed and laughed. That is so funny. <laughs> so I'll loosen you up a little bit tonight, all right? Uh, you know, what an amazing thing uh, to be here tonight. I, I thank God for the privilege of preaching the Word of God and being here tonight. And just to be able to be here and to see this, I was sitting there thinking, they were singing the grace, amazing grace, amazing love. And I was sitting here thinking, isn't it a, just a miracle, an amazing thing that God takes um, some young people out of Vietnam <laughs> and they wind up in Toronto at Faithway and then... From the Philippines, here comes a young girl, and they meet together here, and they're going back there. You know how many things, one or two things in their lives that would have changed, would have made, not made this possible, right? And yet God puts it all together, doesn't he? Just brings it all together. And it's just, I'm just overwhelmed, an amazing, amazing thing and, and uh, the amazing grace of the Lord to be able to do that and send them back there in, not to their homeland, but nearby uh, to a place that needs them, needs the gospel. It's just, it's just a great thing. I want to preach tonight out of Matthew chapter 14, very familiar verses of scripture on the motivation of missions, the motivation of missions. Matthew 14 and starting at verse number 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus, by the way, it is victuals at the end of verse 15. I found that out because uh, you learn some things um, different ways. I watched the Beverly Hillbillies and they said it was vittles. So I guess it's vittles, right? Amen. All right. You can learn different things, different ways. Amen. Which means food. Okay. Amen. Right. Have you had food and have you had your vittles before you came to church? Amen. All right. Verse 16. But Jesus said unto them, uh, 
They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. Verse 21, and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. The motivation of missions. I want you to notice that first of all, this, these verses that we read, when Jesus comes with his disciples to this place and he gives them this command and he says to them, give ye them to eat. I want you to notice that his command was a practical command. Jesus had reason for what he did and Jesus had reason for how he did things. He had, he had a, he had a reason. He had a purpose. I mean, the Lord Jesus didn't do anything by accident or without thinking it through. God knew what he was doing. And Jesus comes here and he gives this practical command. Notice in verse number 15, notice the disciples. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away. What did the disciples want? They wanted to send the people away. I mean, we can't take care of this. We, it's beyond our realm of possibility. I mean, it's not even reasonable and practical for us to think and logical to think that these people are hungry and we're going to do anything. And so let's let them go to the villages and let's let them uh, get their food, their vittles and, and, and get full and, and then we'll go on from there. But Jesus said, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. That's not my plan and that's not my purpose. The Lord said, I don't want to send them away. I want to give them something right here, right now. And the Lord had a purpose in this. I want you to notice it was not only a practical command, it was a plain command. Very easy to understand. Here's one thing about the Lord. When he gives us a command, it's pretty easy to understand. Such as going to the into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I mean, any of us are saved, we can understand that, amen? I mean, it's, it's pretty plain command. It's easily understood and it's not out of the realm of possibility when the Lord gives us that command, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It may look impossible to us, but it's not impossible with God. And so he gives this command, very plain command. But I want you to notice also is a personal command. This personal com command here in verse 16, he says, they need not depart, give ye them to eat. The word ye is speaking about you. I want you to give them. You give them to eat. I think the Lord was uh, testing their faith a little bit. Hey, doesn't the Lord test our faith? Amen. He does. He tests our faith. I think he was testing their faith a little bit. You, the understood you there is you. It's a personal command. You give them uh, something to eat. It's just like I said, the Great Commission is given to us as individuals to preach the gospel to every creature, but it's also given to us uh, together as a church. That is our responsibility to go and preach the gospel to every creature that all the world might hear the great news that Jesus saves. 
It's a personal command. And so there, out of these verses of Scripture tonight, I want, to, I want us to notice three important facts out of this verse of Scripture that give us the motivation for missions. Number one, I want you to notice this. There was an immediate need. The need that was here at this point was an immediate need. They said, the disciples said, the time is now past. Send them away that they may go in the village and buy themselves victual. What, what were they talking about? They were talking about, it's past time to eat. Now, I don't know about you and I don't know how you feel. But when uh, I have an alarm in my stomach that knows when it's noon, amen, and that alarm goes off, it is time to eat. And, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter, even if I've had a big breakfast or no breakfast. When it comes lunchtime, I am hungry. Can you relate to that? Amen. And the time to eat is now. I want something to eat. I don't want to wait a while. I want it now. And, uh, hey, you know, you women know when your husbands come home from work. You know what I mean? That immediate need. They think they're going to starve to death. I need something to eat. I want it now. If you don't have something ready, let's go out. Let's get something to eat. The time had come and gone. I mean, it was past time. If I have to wait a while, I mean, it just makes me miserable. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, here lately, it just seems like I don't know what's happening with me. You know, I, I, you get older, things go weird. You know what I'm saying? I, I always say this, the older you get, the longer it takes. Right? Everything. Right? Everything. And sometimes I, I, I'll just start yawning. And I'll yawn and I'll yawn and I'll yawn. And I, and I think, I've got to get me something to eat. How many yawn when you get hungry? Uh, come on, join me. Anybody? Okay. Uh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's weird. I start yawning. Why? I want something to eat. The, here's what they're saying. The time has passed. These people are hungry. I don't know if while the disciples were walking around there and maybe Jesus was healing some people and they were in mixed in with the crowd and the crowd was saying, well, sure, I'm getting hungry. Man, it's time to eat. I don't know. Maybe we should go get something to eat. It's, I'm hungry. It was past time for something to eat. They were hungry. There was an immediate need. The people were hungry and they were hungry right now. Well, let me tell you something. This world is hungry for the gospel and it's hungry now. The time is past. They're hungry. Jesus said, look on the fields. They are white already to harvest. We don't need to wait five minutes. We don't need to wait five days or five years. The need is immediate. The need is now. These people were needy. They were needy now. We look around us today and I think so. I mean, I could preach here a long time about the need around the world, around the globe, the need of churches being planted and, and people getting saved and, and the need is now. I, you know, I, I pastored for a little while in Alabama and I learned that in the state of Alabama, in the Bible belt of Alabama, there are 13 counties without an independent Baptist church. 
I went over and I was preaching in Arkansas and I, I mentioned that. I, I think I mentioned that in my message or something like that. A guy came up to me after and he said, well, he said, I know that's a needy place, but he said, let me tell you, the state of Arkansas, there's probably 20 counties without an independent Baptist church in the state of Arkansas. I was thinking, this, you know, this is the Bible Belt. This is supposed to be where churches are everywhere, but there's a need everywhere. I went to New York City. In New York City, I preached in a great church there in a mission conference. I mean, just a great church, doing a great job. It's in the Queens, a place called Astoria in the Queens. They're doing a, they're doing a fabulous job. But you know, there's so many people packed in so tightly there. They're only able to reach so far around them in their neighborhood. And there's neighborhood after neighborhood after neighborhood just without anybody reaching them. People from all over the world there. And I think about Toronto. Praise God. I remember, I remember when I went to college here, I mean, there was like hardly anybody in Toronto at all. And I thank God through the years how different ones have gone to Toronto and started churches and, and, and seeing people get saved. And I, but listen, we haven't scratched the surface of the need. The need is there and the need is immediate. I just read a letter. Um, just the other day, I came across my desk and, and uh, um, read a letter from a missionary. He's been uh, in Nepal uh, for a number of years as a missionary. And uh, I can't remember right now the reason that they have to leave Nepal. And so he said, I want to go. I still feel a burden to reach the people of Nepal. And so he said, I started studying around of where I could go. And guess where he's going? Toronto to reach the people of Nepal. Praise God, somebody else, amen. I look across this nation. I look at the places that need churches all across this nation. I'm saying it is an immediate need. We sing the song, work for the night is coming. Hey, listen, we're, we're in a day right now where we, we need to get the work done. I pray God that, you know, as, as Jesus said, pray that God would send more labors into his harvest. Why? Because the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Who is going to go? Who's going to take on that task and that per burden? Maybe there's some young person here tonight would say, preacher, God's speaking to my heart. I will step forward. I will go to reach them somewhere with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The need is immediate. It is right now. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It's not a time to wait. It's time to get busy. It's time to reach out. The need was immediate. I want you to notice, secondly, it's not only there was an immediate need, but there was an immense need. There was an immense need. Look what the Bible says here about the number of people. Go over to verse number 21. Look what it says. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. I know you probably heard this before, but I'll say it again. Notice the Bible says there's 5,000 just speaking about men, not including the women and children. So I wonder how many people were there. 
I mean, maybe, I don't know, 15,000, 20,000 people. I don't know. It's a huge multitude of people that were there. We commonly call it the feeding of 5,000, but there were a lot more than that that were there and, and they needed something to eat. Now notice what, what the Lord said. In verse 16, he said, but Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. They Don't send them away. They, need, they don't need to go anywhere. Give ye them to eat. Verse 17, and they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. How are we going to do this? I'll be honest with you. When I think of the Great Commission and reaching over 7 billion people on our world, I kind of feel like the disciples. How are we going to do this? I mean, even in our day and age where we have television, satellite, internet, all of these things, I still say, how are we going to do this? It is an immense need in this world. I think of China with their more than a billion people. And I think of, of India, more than a billion people just in those two countries, the, the population. And, and I look around the world and see all of these people. And, and I think, how, how are we going to do this? I mean, brother, the brother here going to Indonesia, that the town that he's going to, seven million people. I mean, is there one independent Baptist church there? Just a few. Seven million people. How are you going to do that? I mean, it looks like an impossible task. Well, let me tell you something. If we try to do it ourselves in our own strength, it is impossible. But not when we have God. Right? Not when we have God. I mean, these missionaries are going forth, have to go forth in the power of God or the job's not going to be done. And have to have God upon them. I mean, it's not just putting your money in the offering plate to support them. And they do need that. Praise God, they need that. But they need your prayers that God would give them power. Unbelievable power. Hey, God has it. Amen. You know, the Bible says God, if God wanted to, he could make the rocks cry out. He has the power. Go forward in his power. There are, around our world, there are more than 20 nations with 50 million plus people. I, I just, um, I, I talked about New York City. Every time I go there, I'm just amazed. Like, how, how much more can we do here? I was, uh, I got saved. I was trusted Christ. I was saved in, the, in Manila, Philippines. In 19, back in the 1900s, 19. 72. <laughs> That's where I got saved when we were on a mission trip. I was on a mission trip, wasn't saved yet. <laughs> That's where I got saved in Manila. And uh, a couple of years ago, I went back and I had not been there since, um, wow, uh, for a long time. I don't remember, 20 years or something. And I looked how big that city has grown and how it's spread out. And you stand up there and you look out and as far as, far as you can see, it's city and houses and homes. We went uh, south, south of town where Brother Lorena's church is, is down in San Pedro Laguna and Manila is growing to that place. And we left there, uh, my wife and I, I was going to preach in Manila in a church and um, the pastor had driven down to pick me up and we were driving back. Now they said it's, uh, the trip is about an hour and a half uh, to get up because of all the traffic and everything. And so, 
okay, that's fine. They came and got us sometime in the afternoon. And uh, we, were, we were supposed to stop and get something to eat. And then we were going to go up there. We got in his car and we started traveling up there. And there was traffic coming every. I mean, there's always traffic. But this was phenomenal traffic. And then the pastor said, oh, I forgot. He said, uh, the Pope is coming tomorrow. And he said, so they've let everybody out of work early. And we got in that traffic. Now, we were supposed, we didn't stop to eat. We didn't have time. We were supposed to get there and start, start church at 7. And so we were traveling, and he's calling ahead saying, it looks like we're not going to get there. We're supposed to get there, I don't know, probably around a regular timing, 5.30 or something. Here it was, 5.30, and we weren't even close. And he's calling up saying, you know, we're stuck in traffic. I don't know when we're going to get there. We sat in one spot for at least 20 minutes before we moved two or three feet. I mean, just people everywhere and traffic everywhere. And finally, it, we were still on the road and it was seven o'clock. And so he's saying to the people at church, listen, we're not going to make it. Tell them we're going to delay till 7.30. 7.30, we're still in traffic. He called up and said, delay it for, till eight. Eight o'clock, we're still in traffic. I mean, we didn't get there till after eight o'clock. Just people everywhere. I was just amazed. And, and here's this church trying to reach those thousands around. I mean, we're driving and people are walking and people are driving and you're trying to get around and got in that church and, and preached the gospel. And that guy's been there for like 20 years preaching the gospel and reaching people with the gospel. Amazing. Just amazing when you look around. It is, what I'm saying is it's an immense need. It is so huge. It is so big. Like I preached last night of getting the vision. Can you see the vision around the world? Hey, my dad um, just recently went to Dubai. Started a church in Dubai. First service in Dubai. They had 69 at their first service. The, the, the need is everywhere. It's an immense need. But our responsibility is to preach the gospel to every creature. We can get the job done if we have faith and trust in God. It's an immense need. I want you to notice, lastly, there was also an individual need. There was also an individual need. The hunger for food. When we see in these verses of Scripture, we see this multitude of people. But I want you to notice something, that when Jesus saw the multitude of people, he also saw every individual. I think that's really kind of beyond us to be able to see. You know, not only did he see every individual, he saw every individual's need, and the place they were in life, what was going on in their life. Let me tell you something. I think everybody should know this, but in case you don't, let me say this. The Lord Jesus knows you personally. He knows your need. He knows what you're going through. He knows the pain you have, the stress you have, what's going on in your life. Jesus knows and he cares. Well, that's a great message of the gospel. Amen. Hey, I can't know that. I can't look down in your heart. I can't see those things, but I know someone who can. And I know someone who cares. 
When we look at this and they came together to feed these people, Jesus knew how hungry each individual was and what their need was. He knew that in order to reach them spiritually, they needed to be reached also physically as well. They needed to be filled. Hey, listen, there are people that are hungering today with spiritual hungry, hunger that needs something. They, they are hunger, uh, hungering for the word of God and for the answer to their problems and their needs. And Jesus has the answer. He is the answer. Jesus already knew every one of them. And he knew what they needed. You know, it's a funny thing when we look at this, you think about this fact that people hunger in different ways. You know, um, some of those that were there that day were extremely hungry. And it was going to take quite a bit of food to fill them. But you know, some, some of the little kids run around. I mean, you know, they just eat a little bit. I remember when my girls were small. I mean, they ate like birds. I thought, how can they survive? How do they have all that energy? They don't eat hardly anything. But it was really great to go to McDonald's because, you know, they would, I'd get them food and they'd take a couple bites and then I'd clean up after, amen? You know, that's what dads are for, right? Finish the food for everybody, right? I, I look at them and say, how can they do that? I mean, you know, survive on that. It's just, just amazing. But, you know, you think about it, each one, each one hungered in a different way. It took different amounts to fill them. I think about this. I think about the fact that, you know, in my life, I was raised in a preacher's home. I grew up with preaching. I heard it all of the time. And when I got saved as a young boy, I mean, really, I knew I was a sinner, but I, have, I had lived in rebellion and sin and all that kind of thing for a lot of years and all of that. And the grace of God, hey, it was a miracle that somebody like me could get saved. Any of us get saved. It's a miracle. But you know, some people, I think, I think when I pastored down in Florida for a few years, there was a man that came into our church and, and uh, came, well, he came to my office, first of all, and uh, I knew his background. I had witnessed to that guy. I had heard his filthy mouth and his life. And, and I just couldn't, you know, wow, the guy was tough. And the guy was a big time sinner. You know what I'm saying? And to see him walk into my office as a broken man and be able to open the Bible and say to him, Jesus can also save you. Amen. And to see him bow his head and say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need my sins forgiven. Please come into my heart and be my savior. This mouth, that mouth of his that said filthy words and cursed God and said those things is now asking for forgiveness. And then Sunday, I'll never forget, I looked down and saw him standing with an, a hymn book trying to sing those songs. That was, I just shook my head like, wow, God can do anything, can he? You know what? That man is an individual that Jesus loves. Hey, listen, every one of us, individuals that Jesus loves. All of those pictures you saw on the screen last night, all of those people uh, there in Newfoundland and there in Indonesia and there down in the, in the Caribbean, all around the world, they're individual people and Jesus knows them like he knows you and I. And he wants to reach them. And he reaches out to them. The need is an individual need. I learned this in church planning and 
traveling on the road and going around and planting churches, I learned this. Every church plant is different. Everyone. Every place you go. Why? People are different. Places are different. I mean, some places, you know, and, and you, you want to go in there with a, with a group of people and really cover the town. Some places you, you have to handle it a different way. And every place is its own individual place, just like every person is an individual. And you know, with God, that's the way it is. God deals with us the way he knows in his wisdom to deal with each and every one of us. The hunger for salvation. Hey, it's only God that can meet that need. As we look around the world at the multitude, millions around the world, only Jesus can meet that need of every one of their hearts. God can look at the multitudes, but he also sees the individual, and God sees every one of us. God knows tonight what you need as an individual to promise to give, to send gospel, the gospel around the world. God knows. God knows the amount that you can give and you promise it by faith. I'm going to trust God by faith and I'm going to give this amount to reach the world with the gospel. God knows what that is. And what you need, what every one of us need is the mind of God on this. What does God want me as an individual to do in this whole big scheme of things to reach some individual out there with the gospel? What can I do? Let me ask you tonight, what can you do? What can you do? Every one of us can do something. Every one of us that are saved should do something. And shame on us if we don't get involved in doing something to reach this world with a gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet with heads bowed and eyes closed in prayer. Everyone standing together, heads bowed and eyes closed. We need a godly motivation in our hearts and an inspiration in our soul to reach the lost, not only around the world, but in our own neighborhoods, and our own town. God, help us to see the need that's out there, that it is an immediate need, that it is an immense need, but that it is an individual need. And maybe tonight God has spoken to your heart. I, want to, I, I just want to open the invitation. We're... We're early tonight. We're not late. We're early. We've got some time. Let's give God a few minutes of time tonight. Let's open the altar up. And if God's laid something on your heart you need to pray about, an amount you want to give and you feel like you need to know, you need a confirmation from God that this is what he'd have you to give, would you come to this altar tonight? Maybe God is speaking to your heart tonight about surrendering to him. Maybe God is calling you into missions Maybe you don't know exactly where it is, but listen, just give yourself to God. He'll narrow that down for you if you just trust him and say, Lord, I just want to serve you. Wherever you have me go, whatever you have me do, I just want to, I just want to be used by you. And maybe with our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, maybe God is speaking to your heart. As the music begins to play, would you come to this altar and kneel down and say, God, what would you have me do? What would you have me give? What would you have me get involved in? Hey, we've got to be involved in something. We've got to do something. Would you come tonight? These have come. You come too. Invitations open. Come on forward. Maybe you've had a, had a mount on your mind and your heart, but you're not just not sure of it yet. You're just not 100% sure. Come and talk to the Lord tonight. 
Let the Lord have his way. Let him speak to your heart. Let him guide you tonight.